Welcome to City on a Hill Gaming, a family-friendly tabletop RPG podcast. Let's meet our players. Hello, I'm Daniel. Hi, I'm Grant. Hi, I'm Peter. Hi, I'm Greg. Hey, I'm Shanine. Hi, I'm Andrea. What's up? I'm Ben. We hope you enjoy our show. Welcome back to City on Hill Gaming. I am your narrator, Ryan, and it is time. It is time for for season four. And by season four, I mean the prologue to season four, where in which all of our characters are not yet quite level one, but they will be by the time we're finished. Consider this a prologue to a cheer. Yes. And uh, it takes place three years in the past. And I will let, uh, as, as I introduce each member of the party... Uh, tell me who your character is, and uh, at least for now, um, what their class and such are. Some of those will probably change by the time you get to level three, as some of you are multi-classing. Um, we'll start with Greg. Greg, say hello to the nice people. Hello, and I am playing Brother Brock, the gnome adept which is the advanced 5e level up version of monk correct shanine introduce the fine people to your character um i will be playing Locke, a plain touched sorcerer correct uh grant right i'm playing tox the lot of tox are talks to his friends mm-hmm. uh their friends um they are a crystal dragonborn uh, with a psychic breath weapon and limited spellcasting ability. Eventually, they'll grow up to be a wizard, uh, unless something terrible happens here in the next two hours. And uh, yeah, that's that's them. They them program pronouns right now because uh, they haven't picked a gender yet. Noted. Um, Daniel, tell me of Chuck. I'm Daniel. I'm going to be playing Jock. He is uh, right now just a musician and also a dwarf. And we'll see what happens after this. Reasonable. Also, there's some sort of axe involved. 
Maybe more than one kind of axe at the same time. You never know what will happen. Andrea! I'm playing Tansy. She's a druid and an elf. And very, very, very into plants. There you go. Um, and you drew your character picture yourself, which is cool. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Peter? I'm playing Montague. Uh, he is a Tabaxi Herald, which is the level-up version of a paladin. Um, and he is a ball of floof. Much floof, many wows. So, okay, let, this is all you will need to understand what Montague looks like. Go look up a picture, or better yet, a video of a palace cat. P-A-L-L-A-S. That, but humanoid. <laughs> Yes. Giant floofy kitty. So much floof. Uh, 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 and Ben. I'm Ben. I am playing Cork the Orc, a cleric who has taken a vow of pacifism, which should be amazing fun in D&D. Not a lot of punchy-punchy from me this time. Which is weird for you, because normally there's a lot of punchy-punchy. It really is. Yeah. Don't worry, Brock is all punchy-punchy. There's a lot of punchy-punching. Um, we shall see what happens. Uh, and, and like some of them have mentioned, uh, these characters will change slightly. By the time session one starts of the regular game, they will be level three and may have chosen different paths for themselves. Uh, we will see what happens. Um, also, apologies to the listeners. If you hear uh, a lot of loud booms in the background... Uh, I believe Ben and I still possibly have a severe thunderstorm watch and or warning, potentially, for our uh, local listening area. Also, while we're apologizing to the listeners, yes, I changed uh, my character's heritage from the session zero, so don't be confused. I did change my mind. So, and While we're issuing apologies, I refuse to apologize. I have nothing to apologize for. Thank you for your time. Strong. Okay, good. I'll apologize for end. Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> but not for himself. Just for Daniel. Good. I I know what I did. <laughs> I also apologize for Daniel. Daniel. <laughs> oh. We're never not us, and I love it. Okay. So <laughs> what is even happening? You love to see it. Um, okay. Uh oh. And for the audience, if you have possibly missed the stuff leading up to Season 4, uh, Season 4 is still us. It is still our normal nonsense, but it is not technically Dungeons & Dragons. We are using the Level Up Advanced 5th Edition role-playing system, uh, brought to you by the fine folks at EN Publishing. And by the fine folks at EN Publishing, I mean the fine folks at EN Publishing, and also Peter, because Peter is part of the design team. So... Yay! <laughs> Yay! And thank you to them for giving us access to the PDFs for everybody in the game so that character creation and stuff. And so that Ryan has a giant book of monsters to use. I mean, um, <clears throat> yeah. everything's fine. <laughs> Thanks. <clears throat> just just wait until you start variety. comparing how much better those are than the monster manual variety. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they weren't all, won't all be merfolk, so every episode's not fish puns this season. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. Uh, you we'll can see. be optimistic. Seems we'll like you're see swimming against that. the current on hey. that one there. Yeah, yeah. Scales have uh, turned against Check. you on that one already. <laughs> and we've met our quota. 
Not that that stops them. Okay. Good. Hey, Great. we're off the hook now, okay? Oh, it. <laughs> Strong. You love to see it. My apologies to Cameron from One Geek 411. I know how you feel. I can't do anything to stop them. That's not true. I could. <laughs> I choose not to. And I'm sorry. Hey, I've apologized for something now. Perfect. Now everybody's... Now we're through all of those. Okay. Um, so, the seven of you uh, have been chosen from across the plane, and you are part of a program that trains adventurers uh, for their last coming month or month and a half before they adventure out and join an adventurer's guild and begin their life's work of something about Dungeons and Dragons. I don't really know. Um, whatever your chosen path is, it's up to you. <laughs> I got two of them. Boom. <laughs> Love to see it. Okay. Um, so people, uh, whether it be different countries or governments, monasteries, schools, navies, the pouring rain has started, um, send people uh, from amongst them who are on the verge of becoming an adventurer to complete their training at the uh, Imperial Training College in the city of Thrall. Uh, so you've been sent to the Imperial Training College, and uh, it's a six-week program, and you have been assigned uh, to an advisor, and his name is Captain Grell. Uh, and basically, you've been here for about a week, and every day you get up, and he takes you out into the area around the city, and you do some kind of training uh, to prepare yourself to become a proper, good old-fashioned uh, tabletop RPG adventurer. And sort of part of that experience, uh, you work on your different skills, whether you excel in nature or in the city, uh, whether you are real good at talking to people or real good at jumping real high and running real fast. Uh, you work on all those things. You work on accuracy with your magic. You work on your meditation and your zen for those it pertains to. You work on your investigation skills. You solve puzzles. It's like one of those kids' TV shows from the 90s for Nickelodeon, but you're all adults. But they're still slime for some reason. Don't overthink that part. <laughs> Who doesn't love slime? <laughs> all right. Can't wait. Legends of the Hidden Temple. The, the, the long-haired cat person raises his hand about who doesn't like That's slime. Fair. That's fair. Um, <laughs> I would Legends pull of, out my slime, but it expired. Legends of the Hidden Temple 2, brought to you by Wizards of the Coast. Um, so I'd watch that. I would watch the crap out of that. That would be fantastic. <laughs> Hosted by Matt Mercer, presumably. All right. Someone write that down. Hold on. I think we're on to something. Okay. So, Your t-shirt? I was just going to pitch it to someone at... I don't know, Discovery or something, but whichever. <laughs> whichever of those things seems more us. So t-shirt, probably. Um, so I'm going to move you guys to the page. Uh, so you're basically in a giant uh, walled-in... I don't want to say fortress, because it's essentially just a giant, like... Okay, I'm going to... Who's Who's seen Mulan... It's like the camp yes. from Mulan. Probably all of us. It's just uh -huh. lots of tents, sure. and some of them are bigger than others. And there's a pole you climb, and presumably they teach you to fish with your bare hands, um, amongst other skills. Yeah, that's a skill. It's the skill I always wanted to learn and always thought I'd be good at, but I can almost guarantee you wouldn't go remotely the way I wanted to. I think Monty has an advantage at that one. I feel like Monty does have an advantage at that one. Yeah, that's hey, also... It's also a great way to bust your knuckles on a rock, mm. so maybe don't do that. Mm. Yeah, noodling yeah, is yeah. maybe not the best 
thing to go do. No. Good way to lose a fingertip. Oh, oh I've watched the noodling shows. Those do look painful. Um, yeah, that's fair. Uh, so you guys have been here for about a week, and as you kind of go on, uh, you know you're working towards what's called the final test. And the final test takes place in the final week of camp, uh, and you will be sent out to a local area to deal with a small problem that we promise was not manufactured for the benefit of your training. This was totally a real issue all along. Uh, so you spend the next several weeks uh, practicing and honing your skills and using your magics and getting to know each other. You're put into small groups of, we'll say, approximately seven for some unknown reason. And uh, and that is your group for the time you are here at camp. Um, so I tell you what, why don't you guys, because you guys have been working together for about, we'll say, two and a half or three weeks at this point. Why don't you guys, um, we'll... we'll Pretend you guys are still getting to know each other, and um, I don't know why in my head for some reason it's lunch and you're in a cafeteria. I don't know where I'm going with this. Um, so should... um, you can't sit with us. Dang it. <laughs> That's exactly what would happen. Grell looks slightly disappointed and takes his tray two tables over to where the rest of the teachers sit. Um, <laughs> and I've derailed myself. Strong. Okay. So pulling it back. So you guys, like I said, you guys have been here for a couple weeks. You've kind of become part of this group. Um, I tell you what, you have to have a team name. So what is your team name? Uh, preferably with a color associated with it for the purpose of t-shirts. Red five. There's seven of you. Gonna, I was going to say the <laughs> fluffer nuggets because of Montague. Okay, okay. <laughs> The fluffy seven. Montague looks at you with some an expression about halfway between confusion and hurt. <laughs> I, honestly, I have to voice an objection. This mammalian obsession with f- your fur seems excessive and frankly a little Look, personal. I'm not obsessed with it. It just grows on me. I can get you a coat. <laughs> oh. All right, but seriously, guys, like we need like a band name because because like names for bands is really important. Like if if you don't have that like wow factor, it's not not really gonna work. So people aren't gonna yeah. come to your gigs. That's right. So, uh, yeah, we need to be like the, the mediocre seven. Well, it has to have a color, so we, we could be use- like. The, the purple mediocre. We should use green because green is the color of most plants and plants are the best thing ever. Okay, okay. The green purple. <laughs> the green purple. What about the seven virtues? You still need says, a color. Says the paladin in training. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, wait, wait, um, we can work I've, with this. I've met Brock. What about the seven virtues? Color reference Ew. instead of an actual We'll color. just use green. <laughs> okay, okay, strong, strong. I'm not sure calling ourselves green is necessarily going to impress <laughs> anyone in training us. And we'll use, we'll we'll use the color green. What if it's a dark green, like a forest green? It will still make us sound envious. The- Sage seven. Oh, 
Okay, I don't mm. mind that actually. All right, seven yeah. sages. That yeah. makes you sound smart. That's that's good. We can work with that. Far out, man. Are, is are we going to have anything to do with time? Like possibly a time jump in that sense? Ooh. Don't know why you would ask that question, or why it would oh. be more or less three years in the future. Yeah, not seven. No, not seven. Definitely not seven. You guys not, are too high not level. Not seven. For no, but if but it was yeah, seven years, I see one it. We can we can have like have like have like some some sage and some thyme, maybe some parsley, some. Ro- we could go- be the Spice Girls. <laughs> Can we go to Scarborough oh! Fair? <laughs> I'm not a girl. We should- <laughs> I don't know how we ended up with that's the title now. Hold on, let me write this down. Um, <laughs> I love that we have fully derailed the first minute. <laughs> this is my it's fault. I brought it up. In fairness, Ryan and <laughs> Ryan's first thing out of the gate was, "Hey guys, name something." Yep. Do the hardest yeah. thing in D and D. And the only and the only thing we were given was a color. Which we are constantly not done. Episode, episode title. Episode title. Good. We could, we could be the Spice Girls. Done. Got it. Okay. Although, seriously, though, I do like the Sage 7 because that's... No, no, that actually seems sweet. Yeah. Sage 7. Let's go with that. Sagacious 7? You're going to have to spell it, but sure. It's, it's spelled in the traditional manner, man. Sagacious, S A G A C I O U S. Is it sagacious or sagacious? I always Sag- said sagace. Yeah, sagacious, but I've heard it both ways. I've only ever heard sagacious. Okay, good. I'm yeah, not no, completely, real, real life Daniel. Incompetent. Yeah, real, real life Daniel has only heard sagacious. Jock, <laughs> however. <laughs> There's the spelling for you. I was going to say, real life Ryan heard this word about Sagay. Oh, okay, good. Real life Ryan heard this word for the first time just now. So that's good. Discernment and good judgment. Sure, that seems fine. Okay. And also, like, sage is a color, so it's like a pun. It does get the the green. green. Yeah. He looks a little concerned about the number of letters you're using versus how long and how expensive the printing is of shirts, but it's probably fine. Um, this has the additional advantage of letting us make any number of Magnificent Seven jokes. So. Right, right. No, no. I assume that's where, where this started. Yeah. That seems fine. Yeah, um, the Mediocre Seven. That was my thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are seven of you. It's inevitable. Um, okay. Uh, so the next day you are presented with uh, a banner um, in a lovely sage green. Uh, it's a bit longer than usual. <laughs> uh-huh. um, yes, uh, that has your your group's name at the top of it, and uh, someone can tell me what the logo looks like. Don't spend too much time on that right now, or we'll go down a terrible path. Um, it's green. Probably a sage leaf with the number seven in the middle. Yep, let's go with that. Not mad at it. Seems fine with me. It's a leaf. <laughs> it's a straightforward, real easy. You can put it screen printed on a shirt, mm-hmm. and we're gonna have mm-hmm. some really great merch. Yep. And they even make you, um, is, uh, is the word I want tabard? Yeah. Yeah. They sure. make you all tabards. Yeah. Um, so you each have a team shirt. Jersey! Yes. You each have jerseys. Okay. Uh, the five other teams in camp uh, also get their jerseys that day. Um, 
yours decidedly is the most impressive sounding. Uh, and at least three other teams all chose purple. And now they're very angry with each other. Because that's our color, man. How dare you? I don't know, but I'm kind of pulling for the purple moles. Although, you should probably get that checked out. Oh, oh that seems unfortunate. Um, okay. Oh. Huh. Uh, so as the weeks pass... Um, you continue your training, uh, you compete in Olympic-style games based on team color. Um, the purple team's larger than everyone else because there's 21 of them now for some reason, because they all pick the same color. Um, but you guys still somehow beat them. They come in fourth, collectively. Um, doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but it's fine. <laughs> well, I mean, there's there's a lot of them, but there's no coordination. Like, no. they can't tell who's who. And I've, I, can we just take a moment and be impressed that how how hard Ryan has managed to yes and himself? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's essentially all that ever happens on this show, so it's fine. Um, and I'm keeping notes because we're going to use those team names and colors later. Um, purple moles. All right, sure, that's fine. That's just um, malignant, man. Let's hope so. Um, no, you want it to be benign. Never mind. That's um, that's why it keeps growing. That's why yeah, there's know, 21 that's of them. Yeah, I where the joke comes from. Oh, the team gets bigger. Right, good. Um, hmm. All right, we're going to move on. Uh, so the time has come. Uh, tomorrow you will leave and venture forth uh, on your your personal final expedition. Uh, and, and Captain Grell calls you all together. Well, all right. The... Which team is this? Mm, right, right. We're the not purple ones, man. Good, yeah. cho- good choice. Strong choice. Not purple. Turned out pretty well for you. Good. Um, okay, so you'll leave tomorrow. Uh, you'll be gone for three or four days. And uh, you're going to venture to the west. There's a tower. It's been there for a couple hundred years. Been abandoned for, I don't know, 40 or 50 probably. There's a lot of little... Uh, call it mechanical creatures running around all over the place and uh starting to scare the locals chase off the cattle and such so uh you're gonna head over and i don't know break them or something deactivate them (laughs) make them stop you'll know there's a big uh big owl like carved into the front of it Looks real angry. So yeah. And uh, when you come back, um, if you come back, uh, you'll be done. And you'll be all part of the guild uh, for whichever charter you choose. You can pick. And uh, go off on your merry way and be adventurers. Or whatever. Your choice. (laughs) So yeah. You leave at dawn tomorrow. Make sure you pack plenty of uh, plenty of supplies. There's going to be a cart up by the front gate when you leave. Make sure you bring it back. It's a rental. Um, okay. So, final night before you leave, what would you like to do? Uh, so, I... Like before, before we leave, I imagine it's a, a bunch of students and stuff are, are all like up and they're all like nervous and whatnot. And uh, <laughs> so, so uh, 
Char is... He's just gonna sit down for a second. And he's just gonna be like, Hey guys, I know that we're all gonna be like real nervous. And, you know, get a chance to explore and stuff. But, you know, we just need to like take this time and, and relax. And, you know, we don't just sit here and... You know, we, we just calm down, you know? Anyone got me? Anything they want to share? And yeah, we're just gonna have like a real jam session. Also, Talks I immediately requests uh, a, a series of increasingly obscure gnome music genres. Okay, all right. Uh, how many of those is Jock familiar with? I don't know. Does Jock know Moonpunk? Uh, no, but if you hum a few bars... <laughs> Stumpop? Stumpop. I knew bass? someone named Stumpop. Oh, I've had one of those once. Leprecrust? No? Mm, never Leprecrust. And, and it's usually about this point that he's just gonna, like, smile and nod and just kind of fake his way through it and just be like, yeah, sure, I know this. And, but, and he's gonna start playing, but it's all Wonderwall. Like, every time, it's just Wonderwall. That was my request. You're good. That, that tracks. Is it at least... Cork takes. Is it at least Boulevard of Broken Dreams Wonderwall? Or is it just Wonderwall? Uh, uh, well, Only Oasis? One time... Well, what, one time it's it's um, actually you spin me right where out, but he sings Wonderwall. He just plays that <laughs> music instead. Uh, I would try to do more, but I actually haven't tuned my banjo ukulele, so I'm not going to subject people to that. I'm trying to hear Aww. that in my head, and I don't know how I feel about it. Uh, I'll, send, well, I'll send you a video. Thank you. Thank you. While, while Jock is, uh, is doing his little concert, Cork takes a coin and affixes it to the end of his quarterstaff, makes a little cone around it, casts light, and holds it up like a spotlight, and just nice. repeatedly casts light in different colors so that it just keeps changing, yeah. all it. aiming at Jock so that he has a little spotlight. Not to scale. So, several all people right. film you with their phones. I mean, what? Um, it's fine. Um, it's going to be huge on TikTok. It's going to be great. Um, okay. So, time to go forth and uh, explore the giant tower with the owl on the outside of it, full of tiny, angry, mechanized creatures that I'm sure won't be a problem. Anything you want to do before you leave? You will be gone for four or five days, approximately. Mm, nah. Nah. Nah, I'm just gonna, you know, make sure that we're all packed up and that, uh, you know, the roadies did a good job of packing up all our gear in the cart, and then we'll get ready to roll out. Okay, okay, good, good. Um, and I assume someone... And by roadies, you mean us? I was gonna say, is is that just like, is Brock yeah. the roadies? Is that what's happening here? Okay. Um, <laughs> a little weak dove carrying everything. Yes. Yeah. Um... I assume someone uh, fixes your your banner uh, to the place in the cart for affixing your banner um, because it comes prepared with a place for your banner so that you can show off uh, your team colors and logo as you leave and presumably return victorious or oh, triumphant yeah. or something. Like when it comes to that stuff, 
I, a, a Jack knows immediately what to do. He's like, oh yeah, man, this is promo material. We're just going to put this up here, 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 here. Foof! And then it just like fans out and looks great. It's sort of like a pirate ship in my head. Like the banner yeah, inflates and pushes you forward. Let's go with that, yeah. Cool. cool. Um, I'm going to just not ask because I made your characters and I know none of you have animal handling or vehicle driving in your current forms. So we'll just assume... <laughs> The horses know the way, approximately, um, to the tower, and you arrive safely uh, approximately a mile away from a large gray stone, what sort of reminds you of a mage's tower. Uh, it's a couple stories tall. There is most certainly uh, the face of a mechanical owl, uh, sort of semi-carved and also semi-mechanized on the front of it, uh, and you're pretty sure the eyes move. And are occasionally, and by occasionally, I mean always looking at you. No matter where you stand. That's um, rather unsettling. Even if you stand <laughs> behind the tower, it's still looking at you. you know, there are a couple of you go over to that side. A couple of us will go over to this side. <laughs> and then, once it's cross-eyed, run the other way. Okay, good. So it gets confused. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> They've confused Why the tower. Are doing this? To confuse the tower. It's the first step yeah. in defeating and clearing the tower. Just to confuse the tower. Uh, yeah, that's my theory. Montague looks a little less certain about this. No, no, this is part of your training. Jack. This is fine. Um, yeah, Montague's only known us for three days. Be prepared, Montague. Montague like pulls out a notebook and starts flipping through like, I don't remember tower confusion in one of my classes. <laughs> no, 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 I remember was... them talking about towers and I was confused. Close enough. Potato, potato. Um, oh mm, potatoes. <laughs> that's, again, that's my fault. How do you prefer fault. them? Boiled, mashed, or put in a stew? Mashed. Any way I can get them, man. Yeah, probably in a stew. Also acceptable. Um, okay. Hopefully um, my map darkness works this time. And by map darkness works this time, I mean I don't black out the entire thing in an irreversible mistake. You missed an interesting time last time, Daniel. Sounds like I, it. I kind of broke the whole map. Are we supposed to see inside the tower now? Yes. Okay. Uh, disregard the huge white hole in the map. I don't know where the floor that was under it went. Uh, there is floor there. <laughs> something went wrong when I copy and pasted something. Um, and I didn't notice. Are those nunchuck recently. wielding room ones? <laughs> Uh, that's kind of why I wanted to know we were supposed to see that. <laughs> they weren't, but they are now. Um, no, what you see, so as you approach the tower, um, it seems very unnecessarily mechanical. Um, there's like a drawbridge that opens and closes on its own, seemingly. Like when you get close enough, it lowers so that you can walk inside. Um, and it remains open until all of you have entered. Is this kind of going to be like the Walmart of towers that sometimes it will just close on you right before you get there so you smack into it? There's no greeter at the front, but yes, otherwise more or less the same. Did you say that was like a drawbridge? Yeah. Oh, yeah, so I'm just waiting for one of us to get to the edge and then it just flips up Oof. and just yeets us. And we go all <laughs> Skyrim physics and you fly three or four hundred feet in the air and then flop down ragdoll style. Good, strong. Um, as you enter... You hear the Wilhelm scream. Ah! 
You have, ah. to have, you have to have one in every movie. It's a requirement. Um, as you enter, everyone make me perception checks. Um, as you are all not quite level one characters, uh, for the audience, they do have some number of skills and or abilities, but not even as many as you would have traditionally at level one uh, to sort of make them more like they're not quite done with their training is sort of the, the purpose of, of trying it out this way. So we will see what happens uh, when they 17. each make perception checks. Some of them do have uh, uh, higher eight. abilities with perception than others. Well, Peter rolled a 17, so we're going to yeah, go... Yeah, I accidentally rolled twice, but just keep the first. Sure. Um, okay. Um, we'll go with Peter and Andrea. Uh, you notice... Everyone more or less notices that the first floor of this tower appears to be a room full of broken mechanical things. So the, the Roombas with nunchucks, as Peter so uh, kindly gave me ideas for the future. Um, Noonbas. <laughs> Nimbus. <laughs> Nimbus? Nimbus? No, that's a cloud. Uh, no, that's Nimbus. Wait, isn't it? Or so Nimbus is from Dragon Ball Z. Oh, yeah, that's oh, right. Okay, cool. Or it could be a room job. Well, Dragon Ball. And the Cumulan Nimbus is a cloud. Cool, perfect. All right, let's get serious. Perfect. Uh-huh. Um. <laughs> Uh, so what you see are basically piles of broken mechanical creatures. Uh, some look like spiders, some look like birds, um, some look like foxes. Yes, there is also a spider on the table. Um, but none of them appear to be in working order. They all just look like a pile of broken parts. Uh, Peter, you notice, more specifically, that not only do they appear to be broken, they appear to have been broken for a while. Um and they appear to, in some cases, have been smashed. Uh, the room is it also full of like... bookshelves. Uh, go ahead, Peter. It's like, um, this seems like something has gone wrong with our training. Weren't we supposed to do the smashing on this? Well, they're, maybe they're pre-smashed. We I'm win. Very confused. <laughs> we can go home now. Victory is ours. Anyone who win by cheating. Uh, so as you guys are looking around. Uh, you hear a skittering noise from behind one of the bookshelves. And a small... Maybe there's something after all. A small mechanical silver fox runs out. And just kind of looks around and sniffs around in the air. Who has nature or survival? Specifically Mm -hmm. if you are trained in nature or survival. I have survival. I have both of those, actually. Okay. I have survival. Uh, So roll... Oh, I have survival. Either of them if you are trained in them. Brian, just want to quick point out, I actually don't have anything in my skill tree. That's on purpose. Okay, mm. making sure. No, no, it's not at all. Um. Are we using... <laughs> no, wisdom is, like, coming up as the default. Is that... Yes, that's fine. Right, okay. Um, okay. Um, so, good. You guys all notice, uh, those of you who rolled, that this behaves impressively like an actual fox uh, just of, of creatures you've seen in the wild you would expect something mechanical to not behave quite so fluidly and smoothly this behaves functionally like it is a fox that just happens to be made of metal uh, and it appears to be searching for something it kind of wanders around the room sniffs under the table and is still looking around for something <laughs> 
Montague like wanders over to this thing and like crouches down next to it and was like, what are you looking for? <laughs> uh, it appears to be hunting. Uh, and it suddenly jumps past you, Peter, and onto the table. No! <laughs> and then jumps over here uh, next to one of the broken spiders and pounces on a small mechanical mouse. And picks it up in its mouth and then wanders off back behind the bookshelf. And it pauses right before it gets to the okay. edge and back behind the bookshelf. And you can you notice that it very specifically turns and looks at each of you. Like it's kind of taking the group of you in collectively. Jock waves. I want to you just waves politely at it. <laughs> it disappears back behind the bookshelf. Cork, uh, Cork would like to go look around uh, for well, like one of the little birds that you had okay. that was laying around. He said there's like a little mechanical bird. Yeah, yeah. Um, like find the bird and sit there for a second, kneeling next to it, and like and cast mending. Okay. To see if that does anything. Uh, so you find one of them over here, uh, over near the bookshelves on the far left side of the room. Uh, it does appear to, to mechanically fix it. It does not move or, or reanimate. It, you have physically fixed this. It looks quite impressive. Um, it's quite intricate. It does not seem to function in any way, shape, or form. It looks almost like something's missing, something that would ideally... Mm -hmm. Power's the wrong word, but... Animate? Sure. We'll go with that. That seems fine. Uh, it does not appear to be functioning correctly, despite your, your repairs. Uh, do you want to keep it? Yes. Okay. Battery's not included. No. Very good. Thank you. Exactly. Yeah. Very, very good. No, correct. it just looks like it probably needs some WD-4. WD-4. Hmm. Interesting. Um, was to loosen up the joints. Right, right, right. right. It's gotta, and then it doesn't squeak anymore. Um, is everyone inside now? Yeah, yes. I think so. Yeah, okay. I'll come inside. Um, you Look begin to hear a lot more skittering, smaller skittering, and more. Oh wait, who had the highest perception earlier? Was that Peter? Yeah. Peter, it's yeah. a it's a lot more things skittering, and they have a lot more legs, whatever they are. There's a lot more clicking on the ground. Um, so, in the corner, out pop a handful of small mechanical scorpions. Oh, those don't look friendly. Uh, one of them attempts to uh, shoot uh, poison from its tail at you and misses. Uh, everyone roll initiative. Um, right now you only see four of them. Cork, Mr. Orc, it is your turn, sir. Cork is going to come back uh, to join the group a little bit. Uh, speed is 30. I'm assuming these are all five foots. Yes. Doesn't like being out there on his own. Cork's going to come back to the group. Okay. Uh, anything else? Uh, that's all he's got. Okay. Went away. Here we go. Jock. 
All right. Uh, Jock's speed is a, a stately 25, so... One, two, three, four, five. Okay. One, two, three, four, five. That's it. Okay. Uh, Andrea. I don't really know what I can do. <laughs> so... From that, I'm trying to think. Let's look at your... I don't have anything listed, like any spells or anything. So. Uh, well, you have cantrips, but there are only two of them. Oh, okay, I see. So you have druid craft, druid craft. There we go, and you have shillelagh. Right. Okay. Uh. You could use shillelagh preemptively before they get there, so that you can hit them when they do. Sure, I'll do that. Brock. I shall use my lovely gnomish speed. And actually get farther ahead than everybody else. I was going to say, some of you guys are surprisingly quick. Yeah. Thank you, Adept. I've got extra speed, so even though I am a little tiny um, gnome, I'm still fast. Peter, Montague's turn. I will okay, move then. up and stay where I am at. Okay. There's a lot of space there. Shanine. Alright, I will move up just a smidge just in case for later, and I will magic missile. Okay. The three closest ones, I guess. They each get one missile. How much damage does each missile do, ma'am? Three, apparently. That is, uh, yeah. When suddenly there are only now one scorpion. Uh, They seem to kind of crumble into pieces and they were glowing a little originally. They are no longer glowing. Grant, Tox's turn. Uh, how much, roughly speaking, um, would you say that these weigh? Two or three pounds each. Oh, sweet. Uh, I'm going to cast Mage Hand and pick one up by the tail and just sort of hold it in the air where it can't bother us. That was my fault. Fair enough. What's the threshold for Mage Hand for the future? <laughs> 10 pounds. Right, they weigh 15 pounds each now. Good. Okay. Um, Touche. (laughs) They're made out of lead and depleted uranium. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) They're unnecessarily heavy for whatever Uh, reason. I can't imagine. uh, The uranium, that's why they're glowing. (laughs) Yes, that's that's how they're powered. Uh, Uranium. Um, who has our guy counter? If, if nuclear they have powered, <laughs> nuclear power, you know, it's, it's like a, a the long poison distance is nothing. Satellite. It's the radiation sickness that'll get you. <laughs> no, it's it's like a Voyager mission or something, right? It's it's low power, but they function well outside of the range of other power sources, like the sun. So you know, it makes sense. Yeah, Scorpion power. I've been playing a lot of Kerbal Space Program. Don't have that. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. It's a good game. Um, four more of them appear from around the corner. <laughs> it's Cork's turn. Ryan realized they only have a 10-foot movement speed. That seems disadvantageous for the future. So uh, that... Whoops. Seeing Montague run up, Cork is going to flank a bit. 20, 25, 30. Okay. Jock. Uh, all right. I suppose Jock is going to 
do the same thing he did last time and move one, two, three, four, five spaces and pass his turn. Okay. Andrea, do you wish to close in on these immensely slow scorpions? Sure. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Um, Brock. I can close all the way in you and can. still be able to punch one. So I punch will punch the one I am next to. And I shall go smackety smack. 17 definitely hits. Uh, it flies backwards, narrowly zooms underneath the one Grant is levitating, and uh, smashes into the wall. Peter, Montague. I'm going to just <clears throat> walk up and longsword one of them here. All right, roll away. 24. I think that might be <laughs> a natural 20, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, you, uh, 8 damage. You you cut it clean in half. Uh, make me an investigation check. 17. Uh, as you cut it and clean in half, you cut it so cleanly uh, that you manage to see for just a brief second it kind of flickers internally uh, before it sort of shuts down. And you think there is definitely some kind of external power source and it slowly loses uh, it, it slowly loses some kind of connection uh shanine right i will cast ray of frost okay uh do i roll or do you um i do you do okay just for damage I believe. Okay. Roll away, ma'am. Okay. Uh, it gets real cold, and then it shatters. Grant, tis Tox's turn. It sure is. Tox is going to, um, having moved forward a little bit here, just to not, you know, completely violate rules of Mage Hand. Tox is going to find a open container drop the scorpion in it like a, a box or something and then quickly flip it over okay uh so have, have you released mage hand um no I'm, I'm still manipulating objects here okay okay uh what i what i probably will do is and this is i'm playing around with how much you know you may or may not necessarily want to let me do in one turn but basically I'm, I'm trying to deal with one of these just kind of out of curiosity without completely destroying it and okay. uh, drop it in a something, you know, a box, a barrel, any sort of container that's sure. convenient. convenient bucket. <laughs> yeah. And then just sort of quickly, you know, either use mage hand to flip it over or just kick it over and keep it trapped. You know, the same thing you do with a, a large, but obviously non non-dangerous spider in the house. Okay. Okay. Um, the entire time you're sort of levitating and moving it around, its legs are scampering like it's trying to run away. Sweet. Uh, there is one left. It will step forward and try and, uh, sting Brother Brock. I'm just going to assume no. the four misses. Just barely. It okay. just barely missed. Good, good. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um... Cork, would you like to do anything to the one remaining scorpion? 
No. Cork is actually going to come up, um, seeing how fragile they are, not worried about them. Cork is going to come up next to the one that they're that uh, Brock is dealing with, and like gather up the pieces of one of the the mage the uh, magic missile ones. Okay. And cast mending. Okay. Uh, it comes back together, and after a couple of seconds, comes back to life. You know, hold it by the tail. Yes. And it continues skittering around. Um, So you're out of combat. The fox walks back around the corner and kind of just kind of sniffs around and looks around. And it walks over towards you, Ben, and sort of paws at the one you're holding by the tail. And it's looking at you and it's looking at the rest of you very intently. And it sniffs at it, walks over, pokes at the little box Grant has the other one in. And then it hops on top of the bookshelf, scampers across to the other side, and hops onto the staircase that goes to the second floor. Thanks for listening to City on a Hill Gaming. For more information, you can find us on Twitter, at City on a Hill Game, on Instagram, at City on a Hill Gaming, on Twitch, at twitch.tv slash City on a Hill Gaming, or wherever you listen to podcasts by searching for City on a Hill Gaming. If you want to hear more from the Saving the Game folks, you can find their backlog of episodes at stgcast.org. Thanks as always to our Patreon backers, Stephanie, Ryan, Brian, Doug, JD, Andrew, Christina, Ashley, Joanne, and Tony. We really appreciate everything you guys do to support the show. Thanks for listening, and have a blessed day. Soundcheck, sir. Level Up Advanced 5th Edition Adventurer's Guide Designers Akeem Favor, Amber Underwood, Andrew Engelbright, Anthony Alipo, Cassandra McDonald, Chris Rippey, Jocelyn Ray, Josh Gentry, J.R. Zambrano, Lloyd Guyen, Lydia Van Hoy, Melanie Black, Mike Myler, Minerva McJanda, Morgan Robbins, Paul Hughes, Peter Coffey, Peter and Martin, Rich Lescoflair, Robin Nix, Russ Morrissey, Ryan Knock, Sarah Brayfogle, Sarah Madsen, Savannah Broadway, Sen HHS, Shane Stacks, Diago Rosa, Will Gond, William Fisher, Willie Beal. We knew one of those people. I got my copies of Level Up today, and I am one of those people. You are, in fact, one <laughs> of those people. And I am thrilled. I am excited. As you should be. Uh, Grant, you had a thing. Yeah, so in lieu of a reading or something like that, uh, I had a little bit of game advice for everybody. Uh, something that a friend of mine did a year or two ago with uh, one of the games that they ran, I think it was Space Worm vs. Municorn, uh, I have since taken up doing, and it's making a Pinterest board for a character or for a game. Just throwing ideas and images kind of into one place, uh, Pinterest works well for images and just having those as reference material. And it works well if you need like NPC images for your game, but also if it's like, oh yeah, this is what my character maybe looks like. Maybe this, maybe this, maybe they dress like this one day, maybe like this another. Because one thing we don't do enough of in a lot of our games is change appearances, possibly due to the influence of miniatures and somebody commissioning character art. Well, that's what they look like. Um, It's more fun if, you know. All the time, every day. Yeah, it's, you know, let them be multiple people, you know, multiple appearances, that kind of thing. But it's a useful thing that I've started doing, throwing together ideas, um, you know, because I don't know my character yet. Nobody knows my character yet. You guys don't know your characters yet. You know, not the way we will at the end of the campaign. 
So like, oh, it has a little bit of personality here, a little bit of inspiration from there, and it all kind of eventually comes together. So it works out well. I've got a bunch of Dragonborn pictures in mind and uh, one reference picture for one of their really annoying character traits. I am intrigued. Um, Ben. The long-awaited rains have fallen hard upon the thirsty ground and carved their way to where the wild and rushing river can be found. And like the rains, I have been carried here to where the river flows. My heart is racing and my knees are weak. As I walk to the edge, I know there is no turning back. Once my feet have left the ledge and in the rush, I hear a voice that's telling me it's time to take the leap of faith. So here oh. I go. Oh, I know that one. I know that one. <laughs> I'm assuming we all in the back of our heads know this one. I've got nothing. I'm diving. I changed the, I changed the cadence, see. but it's dive. Stephen Curtis Chapman. <laughs> that's fantastic. In, in honor of the yeah. new Rescue Rangers movie. I don't know the last time I he, heard that song. Because he plays Baloo. Mm -hmm. And it was a weird, shocking moment in my head when I saw that in the credit roll. It is not the first time he's done it, though. He's been playing Baloo since the 90s. Right. Which, I, why I didn't know that, I don't know. But It's not common knowledge. I think he just really likes Disney. <laughs> you love to see he it. Does, he mainly started it during a music-based video game where he was the singing voice for Baloo in that game. And then that... he just became Baloo after that. Nice. Except that. Except that one time it was Bill Murray. <laughs> which they didn't hint at, which I feel sad okay. for. Was he still the singing voice when it was? That's not important. Never mind. Daniel, go. <laughs> <laughs> the answer short on time. Go. Daniel, go. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so I was at uh, Command Fest Richmond this past weekend, and I'm going to read out the commander that I drafted for Commander's, uh, the Baldur's Gate set. So I drafted Minthara, Merciless Soul, two, a white and a black for legendary creature elf, cleric. She is a 2-2, and she has Ward X, where X is the number of experience counters you have. And at the beginning of your instep, if a permanent you controlled left the battlefield this turn, you get an experience counter. Creatures you control get plus one, plus oh for each experience counter you have. She was absolutely bananas. That seems sweet. Yeah, that was really uh, fun. Did you have a background? Uh, no, because uh, two-color commanders don't let you pick a background. I oh. put... Some of the enchantments in my deck, though, I got one that gives a attacking commander's double strike. Nice. Very nice. Uh, Shanine. Uh, plain touched, Deepborn. Born as the generations after the final wave of Deepwalkers is driven with their leader back underground in a battle almost a half century ago. The original generation was born of Deepwalkers and their allies have become interspersed throughout the plane as a whole. By now, some 500 years later, are generally accepted as a part of the overall planar populace. No deep walkers have been seen since this time. And I muted myself and shouldn't have. There we go, very nice. I know that. <laughs> I wrote that. <laughs> it caught me off guard when you started reading that. <laughs> um, Greg, go ahead. 
Both superheroic pseudonyms are intended to be understood metaphorically. Iron Man isn't really a man of iron, Green Lantern isn't a piece of verdant camping equipment, and by and large, the Beast is in fact a lovely fellow. When it comes to superheroes whose names can be taken literally, or better yet, at <clears throat> face value, there's no more outstanding example than the eye. An actual, living, speaking, crime-fighting, disembodied, floating, giant eyeball. The eye was a mysterious presence that loomed ominously in the pages of Keen Detective Funnies, a book that also offered more quantum fare, such as Dean Denton, the scientific detective, Dan Dennis, FBI, and Sparko Larry, Radio Newshawk. Thanks, I hate it. I don't, I don't like it. I don't know how I feel about I a, remember that. A giant sentient <laughs> oh, super eye. Should have been looking out for that one. Uh, <laughs> looking out I for it. I didn't even blink. Mm. Surprised <laughs> it didn't take up a career in espionage. We've been a really good eye spy. Good book. There's actually some really darn good heroes in here. Peacemaker makes an appearance in this book of regrettable superheroes. <laughs> I bet. Well, you can't see him, so it's fine. Um... Andrea. Oh, yeah, there we go. Someone got that it eventually. I got hey. it. I got it. <laughs> Victory's mine. I made Daniel fall over. Love to see it happen. <laughs> All right, Andrea, go ahead. Taraxicum is a large genus of flowering plants, which consists of species commonly known as dandelions. The scientific and hobby study of the genus is known as terpology. The genus is native to Eurasia and North America, but the two most commonplace species, which are names I cannot pronounce, uh, were introduced into North America from Europe and now propagate as wildflowers. Both species are edible in their entirety. The common name dandelion from the French dent de lion, meaning lion's tooth, is also given to specific members of the genus. I will say I never don't learn something during uh, sound check, and you'll love to see it. Plus, that made dandelions sound cooler than they do when you just say dandelion, and I look in my front yard and I'm sad. So, <laughs> improvement. I like to see it. Okay. Um, I mean, they're, they are edible. That is a cool that thing. Is, yeah. That is not nothing. I don't know how my allergies are going to feel about that concept, but it is not nothing. So, um... Think of it as taking revenge. Or is it like preventative? Like if I eat enough of them, I won't be allergic anymore. If you did small amounts, it could create a... Uh, is it like how allergy shots Inverse work? reaction. Yeah. Oh, that's going to end badly. Okay. You can Keep also... Handy. I mean, it takes a ton of them, but you can extract the latex from their roots if you need to. Hmm. There's latex and dandelion roots? Yep, that's what uses they use to protect against insect feeding. Like I said, I never don't learn something during sound check. <laughs> it's just a part of the process. We're providing a service. An educational one, I guess. Because I always learn something. Okay. Uh, uh, make sure you guys can move the littler... Littler? Littler versions of yourselves that are on that page, please. Um, and if you cannot move the littler version of yourself, why do I keep saying that? The smaller version of yourself, um, let me know. 